Hey, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast from Vitality, where we get the opportunity to talk to people from all walks of life about their personal journeys towards becoming legend. So this week, we had the great honor of getting to speak with Julia Peixoto-Peters of Peixoto Coffee. Julia and I sat down and we spoke at great length about her life story from growing up in Brazil, working on her grandfather's coffee farm, to becoming a corporate lawyer and working for one of the largest corporations on the planet, to finally opening up a coffee shop with her husband Jeff in downtown Chandler that is truly world-class. Julie and I share a similar work history, and we speak at great length about the -the behind-the-scenes thought processes and decisions that went into our choices to pursue uh, an entrepreneurial path and at the same time to assume all of the risks and increase workloads with um, making that choice. And I think Julie and I both made it to a very, very similar place in our lives where we realized that our work experience was creating a negative impact on our lives. And we needed to make a decision that was right for us to live a lifestyle that we could be proud of. And I don't think that that means that the decision we made is right for everyone or that we assume the decision we made is perfect or or even correct. It's just the decision that was the most nourishing for our souls. And for that reason, I'm I'm really proud of this conversation. If you are, have ever wondered the backstories of Peixoto Coffee or Vitality for that matter, you'll get a really interesting insight into what has been going on behind the scenes for the last few years. Without further ado, let's get to Becoming Legendary with Julia Peixoto-Peters. Every opportunity so that you can become you legend and become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. All right, Julia. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us on Becoming Legendary. Welcome. So happy to be here with you guys, with my Vibe Tribe. The Vibe Tribe, yeah. So great to have you. So I always like to start every one of these by asking what the typical day of Julia looks like. Oh gosh, if I can have such a thing as a typical day. I always have my plans, but life has other plans for me most of the time. So Yeah, um, small business owner dilemma. Yes. So lately, I have been making a point of waking up earlier than I usually do to have that full hour for myself. So for those of you who know me, I have two kids, I have a business that I run, and um, I feel like my morning sets the tone for the rest of the day. So. So I've been making a point of waking up one hour before anybody else. And, you know, we're in November, so it means that I'm waking up when it's still dark, dark. outside. Yeah. 
and I just love it. I've been doing the meditations by Deepak Chopra okay. and Oprah. Uh, they offer 21-day free meditation programs. So I signed up for that, and I have started for the last three days. I'm cool. on a good streak. I hope cool. that that's sustainable, that I'll be able to maintain. But uh, I meditate, and then, you know, one of the things that I crave in the morning is also a little bit of exercise mm. for myself. So I can't always justify to come to the studio mm -hmm. to do a full hour or even, you know, the 15 minutes because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at that point I have to start getting ready for the day with my kids. But just doing one lap around my neighborhood, which okay. is a very small neighborhood, it yeah. takes me seven minutes to do a lap but just gets my blood going just wakens yeah. my you know my circulation my mind and then i'm ready for coffee <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready for coffee for my first cup of coffee of, of the day and uh, after coffee meditation and running i can talk to people i can be a human then you're ready to go <laughs> yeah i can put myself out into the world how do you prepare your first cup of coffee of the day very good question. So I have a V60 at home. So mostly I brew okay. myself an individual cup of coffee uh, when I have a few extra minutes. But if I'm rushing around, I also have a, a Mocha Master, which is it's a drip mas machine, but it simulates a hand poured cup of coffee, maintains okay. the water temperature throughout. So that's the next best thing for me when okay. I need more than one cup or when I don't have the time to make time myself crunch. a pour over. So. <laughs> okay, so that's a that's a compromise for you though, right? I mean, would you would you describe that as a compromise? Yes, because you know, being in the coffee industry and coffee business, I know that a pour over, you know, is what yeah. It's my favorite way of drinking a cup of coffee. You know, at that point in the morning when I'm trying to get my day started, you know, I have to choose at times between, you know, the ritual intensity of making myself a pour over or perhaps meditating a few extra minutes, perhaps, you know, slowing down my path outside and just taking a few moments to breathe in the right. air and watch for the sun to rise so it's a trade-off for sure yeah. it's a compromise but uh, i think we all do that right i mean throughout our day multiple yeah times. life is about finding those compromises there's no doubt it's just mm -hmm. a it's just constant succession of of compromises to create the the maximum us exactly. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> yeah so i think you know some days i'll go for the pour over because that's what you yeah. know, my mind and my heart is into it. Some days I'll go for the nature walk, a few extra minutes outside, so. We're newly into, or we're restarting a meditative practice, right? So we're, we're three days into this meditative practice. Mm -hmm. What is the time frame of the, of the meditation right now? So the, the program that I'm doing now, it's about 20 minutes okay. a day, which is a longer commitment than what I would normally allow myself to do. Okay. But it's in the convenience of my house, you know, yeah. as opposed to having to go somewhere to mm -hmm. meditate. And um, and it's just a, you know, a nice combo that works for me. I think everyone's different, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to find the practice that suits their soul. And for me, you know, the guided process yep. of gently 
you know, dipping my toes into the water of meditation yeah. works for me. And, you know, living with a message for the day to focus on throughout the day, that, that has been very helpful to me. So just to clarify, I've done these programs before. Okay. So it's not my first three days in meditation. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done, you know, everything in life. We go in, we go out, yeah, sure. you know, we take a few breaks. But <laughs> ultimately, that's what my my heart craves is that, the that moment of stillness. Okay. Before hmm. I get started with my day. On a yearly schedule, how often do you think you are, how many days a year do you think you're able to, to take that time for yourself to meditate? Not nearly as No one ever does it enough. <laughs> as I would like. I would love to get to a point where I feel like I'm meditating more than I'm not meditating. Because I just feel like I'm a, a more centered person. I am a more... You know, um, peaceful presence for those around me that need me, whether yeah. it's my children, whether it's my customers at my shop mm -hmm. or my employees. I just feel I'm a more, a more centered person around all those other people who might potentially need me throughout the day. So right now I'm not there. It's a practice in my it's life. A practice. <laughs> it's a practice. But it's really interesting, right? I mean, um, there are very few people in, that I know of, and I'm not one of them, who are, have, have made this commitment to give themselves 15 to 20 minutes a day, right? And if you think about the... The overall course of the day that, that we feel this weird selfishness by allocating 15 minutes to ourselves, even though when we, when we allocate that time to ourselves, it ends up that we're able to serve those of us around us better. Mm -hmm. So if we can flip that mindset, right? It's more about a mindset thing because when we don't do it, it's because we're, we're rushing over here and we're rushing over here and we're rushing over there and we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this. But if we just gathered ourselves for 15 minutes to start the day, the truth is we do all of those, all of that rushing around better. Absolutely. And we still struggle to do it. It's, it's amazing yeah. human, human flaw. <laughs> you don't get more hours in the day by right? doing that. You actually get less, right? Because you're taking away from something else. Yep. That presumably you also need to do. Mm -hmm. But you just learn how to go about your day in a day in, in a way that is that is more centered, more focused, and more in the moment, as yeah. opposed to rushing from one thing to another. You know, there are endless analogies out there that I like to say, one of them being, you know, and I use this not only in the context of meditation, but also in the context of business ownership or parenting as well, is you can't pour from an empty cup. Or my other analogy is, you know, it's the airplane mask mm -hmm. analogy. You have to <laughs> yeah. put yours first before yeah. you can help others. So the meditation is me putting my mask yeah. in the morning before I need to go put other people's masks on. That is what self-care is. It truly is all about, right? I mean, yeah. if we are... If we are constantly giving and we're, and we're never willing to take this moment for ourselves, eventually the cup is empty and eventually we have that, there's that, that break moment. This is a really, this is a really common theme on, on um, becoming legendary. And I think 
it's even harder for, for mothers, right? Because mm -hmm. mothers have this biological necessity to take mm -hmm. care of their offspring. And it's different mothers and, you know, just the, the biology of humans, fathers and mothers have really different attachments because children come from the inside of a woman. And that's just mm -hmm. a biological fact. So there's this different attachment. And it's really, and then we have this societal pressure here, specifically, I think, in the United States, where it's like, you know what, you're a woman, you're going to have a full-time job, you're going to be a full-time mom, you're going to be a full-time housekeeper, you're going to do everything, good luck, put on your cape and get it done. It's so sad that 15 minutes seems like we're stealing, we're yeah. stealing time, but it's, it's just, it's the culture right now, and I, I wish we could... We could flip that a little bit and everyone deserves more than 15 minutes of their day. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if we can get rid of that guilty feeling that, yeah, I mean, perhaps it's society, perhaps, you know, it's the internal conditioning that we feel yeah. invariably when you're doing something for yourself. And, you know, I, I, I constantly battle that as I transitioned from working for someone to working for myself because you know when you work for someone you know there's someone watching the clock and mm -hmm. you know you have to deliver certain things not that you don't when you work for yourself you mm -hmm. have a lot more to deliver mm -hmm. <laughs> actually but uh you know my first few months after i left my corporate job and i'm you know just managing my business i kept catching myself feeling bad for sneaking out throughout the day to come to yoga, to come to Vibitality. Yeah. You know, something that I worked really hard for, you know, was part of my master plan of <laughs> yeah. living my path, my purpose, and to own my own business was to be able to find time for right. those, you know, those things that are important to me, whether it's yoga, whether it's to volunteer in my kid's school, whether, you know, it's a sit in a salt yeah. room and do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's those are things that are important to me. But yeah. you know, initially I would catch myself going through those through that, you know, cycle of guilt mm -hmm. for taking the time to do something for myself when I should be at the shop or I should be with my kids. So just, you know, uh, changing the story that we tell ourselves about what's acceptable and and yes. frankly my view what's acceptable is what brings you joy yes right yes. as long as you're in symphony with that frequency of joy you yeah. can't be doing anything wrong so um so just allowing yourselves to be and to feel joy without feel, feeling guilty for all the other things that we should be doing instead <laughs> it's really being drawn to joy is everybody feels I think like they have this sense of joy but if you really think about how often you just play you watch children and it doesn't matter where they are it doesn't matter what they have they're gonna find a way to play mm -hmm. it's beautiful and there's a point in our lives when that play just goes away and we mm -hmm. just stop and then we never play again and we really should find that time to to play to just be mm -hmm. free the entrepreneurial, like the, the, the myth is that there's going to be all that free time mm -hmm. and there's really not, you know, you have to, you have to create that free time. It doesn't matter. The worst thing you can do, I think, is you've taken all of this, this personal risk, right? You basically, when you start your own thing, you've thrown all your chips in and you've said, here we go. Let's see what happens. If you take all of that risk and then you make it a corporate job, 
where you don't have any freedom, then you've, What's the point? you've, you've lost. Yeah. <laughs> Automatically, you've lost. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's what's in my mind a lot. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay, I created this. And now, you know, from time to time, you find yourself falling back into yeah. traps that are created by your own mind, right? Expectations and commitments that other people have for you. But, you know, I have to be constantly going back to my vision, yeah. my purpose. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, I share my story a lot in my business, but I don't share some of the you yeah. know the background information yeah. about how that came into being and it's you know i tell people that my journey in coffee in peixoto to coffee and my spiritual journey are completely intertwined and you know i could not have discovered one without the other if you squeeze my soul <laughs> there's yeah. a good chance coffee might come out of it <laughs> So, so, you know, I feel like I work too hard for that yeah. to find my, my purpose because that involves a lot of soul seeking, right? Yeah. I mean, it didn't happen to me from one day to another. It was a very long process of, a, you know, a lot of uh, risk assessment, but also soul assessment, yeah. right? What it is that I want to do because, you know, I left this whole life of certainty and paycheck and, and You've been there, yeah. 401k, and, you know, uh, being able to go grocery shopping and not worrying about yep. how much things cost. Yep. And then all of a sudden, when you have to create your own paycheck <laughs> out of your business, out of your uh, out of your passion, it becomes ultra real, sure. right? So, so, I mean, those two sides are on the line when you choose entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. uh, starting something that resonates with your core that, you know, that, that serves your purpose in life. But then, you know, once you, once you get there, how do you stay there? How yeah. do you stay in that, in that serving yourself of serving yourself, yeah. of putting out your joy into the world, right? Yeah. Cause you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have, you know, all the competing interests for your time, but how yeah. do you stay in that frequency of joy that, you know, was the whole point of you getting there. Sharing your passion, because that's what you wanted exactly. to do, right? Is that you, you, you started Peixoto, and I want to really get into that, but you can tell the moment you walk in that it's about sharing your passion. I want to rewind a little bit. Um, you were born in Sao Paulo, yes? Not in the city of Sao Paulo. Okay. I was born in Brazil, on the countryside okay. of the state of Sao Paulo. In a small town. <laughs> in a small town. Okay. Give me the give me the geography around that then. Okay. Born and raised in a little town called Batatais. Okay. Even if you're in Brazil, if you mention that name, chances are that most people are not going to <laughs> recognize. Okay. It's not going to be like Rio or Sao Paulo, yeah. you know, one of the big cities. So I was born and raised in uh, countryside. My family comes from coffee, agriculture. My father was born at a farm in a family where his father, his great-grandfather, or grandfather, great-grandfather were all coffee farmers. So coffee farming was all we knew and all, you know, my family had done for many generations. Three generations? At least three. At we don't know how far three. back okay. it, it goes. <laughs> okay. We just don't know. We yeah. haven't been able to to track back. But yeah, so I grew up in the countryside. I didn't have a particularly difficult life. My parents always 
worked really hard for us to have a comfortable living. And my, my parents were always big on, you know, be, perhaps because of their struggles, they were very big on us. I have two siblings, two older siblings, on us pursuing education mm-hmm. and higher education because they saw that as our way into, you know, more satisfying or more successful world. Yeah. The childhood in Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, what was what was day-to-day life like there? So, you know, growing up in this town, we didn't have restaurants. It's, you know, it's not like here in the U.S. where every small town you go to, you can right. find, you know, Something. endless options of restaurants. Yeah. We had one restaurant and we went maybe once a month to okay. the restaurant and it was a big deal yeah, <laughs> yeah. right because we we're going to a restaurant yeah. <laughs> well, i was not cooking today my mom always cooked yeah. a ton a lot of home-cooked meals and we used to go to the farm every single weekend so we go to school during the week go to the farm on the weekend and whenever we went to the to the farm i used to go to my grandparents house and they're always you know making a huge feast to wait for you know, the end of day at the farm, which is at about noon on a Saturday, you know, you start very early, but by noon you're done and everyone just just uh, comes back to the patriarch's house, which was my grandfather, and we all have a meal together. So a lot of um, familiar relationships being exchanged over meals and, yeah. of course, coffee <laughs> Yeah. after meals as well, but all very, you know, what we now call farm to table, but back then it was just how we live. Life, was, yeah. Yeah, we should bring the fruits and the vegetables from the farm and eat them at the table with lunch. So, in a way, you know, very, very nice childhood. Yeah, very awesome. Right? So, <laughs> yes, now in hindsight, <laughs> yeah. being here for, from where I stand today yeah. in the United States, it was a very nice childhood. Yeah. The farm then is more, is the, is the food grown for the sustainability of the farm? Or is, it, is there more than just coffee going on there? So it's, it's a working farm. It's not a farm where you go to spend, you know, vacation or the weekend. There's no fancy housing. Right. There's no, no, you know, lodging right. <laughs> for, for a large number of people. But it's, it's a farm where you go, you work. That's what you do during the day. Yep. And then uh, we have food there for sustainability of the lives yeah. that surround right. The farm, so the workers yep. and their families yep. and, you know, extended families as well. So we always brought avocados, mangoes, tangerine and chicken and, yep. you know, meat and, yeah. and beans from yeah. the farm. So there was very little that was purchased outside of the farm. It was just like the, the things that we didn't have at the farm, like the, you know, the... The treats and the right. How <laughs> niceties, cool. yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like the more you, the more you, and and you've you've gone through the the corporate world. But I think the higher up you get into the corporate world, the more that is the dream is to like have this self sustained life where it's mm-hmm. just a farm and everything that you consume is grown and every everything you do is about just being you, yeah. and. We all, we, it's like this circle. It's like you work yeah. to get away Full from that circle. and then you, and then Go you right get it, it. Back, and then you just want to be right there. Yeah. 
yeah, in a way, yes. I think, you know, for for the longest time, I avoided that. Yeah. So when I came to the U.S., my life was nothing like the life I grew up with. Even when I went to college, my life was nothing like the life that I grew up with. And then you try to, you know, to fit into this group yeah, yeah. and that group. And, and that you seek your soul and who you are in the process. And maybe you find yeah. a little bit of yourself, maybe you don't. And then you move on to the next thing. But yeah, for years, I lived a life that was nothing like the life yeah. I grew up with. And perhaps, you know, by because that's part of the your growing process, yeah. right? When you reject what has always come easily to you. For sure. So I've gone through that, got out of my system, <laughs> but then I went right back to it. And, you know, what drove me to it was that, you know, and I... I don't know how you want to build the sequence of <laughs> events, but eventually I found myself, you know, in a position where I was traveling the world. I was, I had a very comfortable living. I had two children and I was, you know, my family was what was perceived yeah. as perfect. Yeah. The picket right? fence and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people would tell me, Oh, I have the dream job. Oh, yeah. Your life is amazing. Those kinds of things. But on the inside, I didn't feel like it. And I didn't know why. You know, I knew knew that I was, you know, living the dream that perhaps I had, you know, years ago. Or perhaps other people had for me. But it was not my own dream. I had no personal fulfillment out of it. So I I knew I had to go do something else. And now we know. <laughs> yeah, else and the something else became. So, and you can correct me. I I may be wrong on this, but you you got a um, a degree in law. Mm-hmm. You were working as a corporate lawyer. Yes. And um, and and there was an emptiness to that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember a specific moment that was really like the I have to make a change? Yes. So uh, let me just backtrack a little bit. So I came to the U.S. 15 years ago, right? Went to law school. I went to law school in Brazil. Then I did a master's program here. Okay. And then I got a job in one of the largest corporations in the world. Yep. And I worked as a as a lawyer. You know, I took the bar in California, passed, and that was you know something that was it's an amazing achievement. Was an, an amazing achievement. <laughs> and most people, you know, would tell me, "Don't worry if you don't pass because you're not." you know, a native of the United States and then go to law school here. So I took that as a challenge for myself and I was like, okay, I'll do this. So I did, I passed, I worked as a lawyer for 10 years and, you know, through those 10 years, I knew I was not in sync with who I am, you know, in my essence, in my core. Yeah. But I was too comfortable where I was to do anything about it. Because you know, I had a, a, a lot of a lot of niceties around yeah. what I was doing. I had a hefty paycheck that came every two weeks. I never had to worry whether it would be in my account or not. I had uh, you know, I could travel to places that people would think, "Wow, that's so cool! You get to travel to Europe for work and mm-hmm. stay in nice hotels." And it was nice, but it was just not who I am. Yeah. So on the back of my mind, I always felt like I had to put up a show, right? For other people to, you know, from what I dressed to what, you know, my life looked like. 
Yeah. It was not yeah, me, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, the so, Instagram version of you. Yeah, or yeah, or the, you know, the the lawyer esque yeah. version of me. Yeah. And you know, from from early days, I would hear people saying things like, "But you're too nice to be a lawyer." It's true. And then, you know, then I felt like, well, maybe I need to be a little tougher. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little. I need to know to be a little more mean than I am. <laughs> but again, I tried all those things, and yeah. I never felt I was being myself. Even yeah. though you know I put up, put out good work. I did what I was supposed to do, but it was right. just not in sync with me. So, uh, I had been soul searching for a while, and I remember uh, coming across this this blog. And you're going to get a kick out of this because the name of the blog was Live Your Legend. I love it. <laughs> you see, it all makes sense. All no. makes sense. <laughs> Live Your Legend. And the way I came across to this blog was a friend of mine from the UK. We used to work together. So she's based in the UK. I'm based here. I never okay. met her in person. We were always talking on the phone and getting work done. And one day I met her in person and we just knew, we felt instantaneously that wonderful yeah. connection. Of yeah. You know, kindred spirits. I just yeah. knew she was my soul sister <laughs> across the pond. So she shared this blog with me that was called Leave Your Legend. And, you know, every week or so, however, often he would post something on the blog. I used to go either home or sitting on my desk <laughs> behind my computer. Yeah. I used to go read Leave Your Legend. And it was like he was talking to me, and his name is Scott Dinsmore. Okay. Uh, he was a young entrepreneur out of San Francisco who left his uh, job in the financial market to go live his legend. Yeah. And so he created these live your legend parties all over the world where okay. people would come together and quit or... You know, people would come together and reclaim their dreams for themselves. And I remember vividly reading one of his blogs where he said, so who cares if you spend thousands of dollars on a law degree and you're sitting behind your computer? If you're unhappy, you need to do something about that. Yeah. And I just felt like, wow, <laughs> he's talking to me. Like, Julia, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> right. So the, all these signs, you know, that yeah. I had to do something about it. And yeah. um, and I knew that already, right? Yeah. It was not the blog. It right. was just it was just a way Put to your get focus there. to get my voice out yeah. and to get my you know get that energy moving so that I could do something about it. So uh, at about the same time, I remember my grandfather passing away and reading an article that was written about him, saying that he was the last coffee farmer in Brazil still connected with the very early settlers mm. of. Uh, wow. you know, that came from Portugal yeah. and that still did farming. So that got me thinking that, wow, what I had there was pretty special. special. And no one ever told me about yeah. that, you know, yeah. that he was the last one carrying the flag. And then, yeah. you know, I looked at my father. My father is 72 years old yeah. now. And I knew that he wouldn't be around forever. Yeah. You know, he's the last one of his siblings still farming coffee. Yeah. So I just had this aha moment that I had to do something with my family's legacy in coffee, even though I knew, you know, that I was already on a search for something else yeah. that was me and that was not what I was doing. So, whew. so, 
So this, so you really then, through through the like history of your family, you connected or reconnected to coffee that you you'd really distance yourself from based upon the advice of your family. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> my own family pushed me away from it. Yeah. Because they thought there was something better for me yeah. than what had been in the family all along. Yeah. But it was in, in your DNA. It was in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to it. And yeah. yeah, you can imagine, you know, even my family's reaction when I told them that I'm I leaving. Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I came to them and... I didn't tell them that I was leaving my career and my job. At that time, that was not an option yet, you know, because I still had to provide for my family yep. and, you know, keep living. Yep. So I didn't, I didn't leave my job right away, but I came to them to say, I'm going to do something with their family's coffee. And my father's reaction, my father is the farmer, right? Yep. He said, oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a dad's response, though. That's like what a dad's yeah. supposed to say. So, I mean, for his experience, coffee was always a risky thing, Struggle. right? To go yeah. back, oh, you go to bed sure. at night, yeah. and you have money on your bank account because you're sitting on a pile of coffee yeah. that can sell for, say, $3 a pound. You wake up the next day with the crash of the market, and the coffee is worth nothing. Yeah. So, so, that is what he experienced through his life and what he knew to be true. Mm-hmm about coffee so his immediate reaction was no that's too risky and you have a perfect life (laughs) (laughs) just stick to what you're doing so so anyways um i didn't get a whole lot of encouragement from people around me but at that point there was just no brushing off what i had already decided that i was doing and uh i mean when i said that you know it's part of my spiritual journey as well because I learned somewhere in the process of, you know, seeking my own truth, my own purpose in life that that we have our own inner guidance system, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can ask people all you, all you want, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Am I taking, making the right move? Am I taking the right step? But ultimately, no one knows. No one knows. No one knows. There's the only one way to find out. Only one way to find out and it's to listen to yourself. To yourself, yeah. Right? So yeah. the more I went within, yeah. the more I got confirmation that I was doing the right thing. So for me, you know, uh, when I thought of this idea of carrying my family's legacy and building something with my family's coffee, it felt right, period. Yeah. I never had one ounce of doubt in me that yeah. what I was doing was right. So well, you know. how beautiful is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that is so we talk about this like comfort, right? The comfort of financial freedom, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more comforting than knowing when you wake up in the morning that you're doing the right thing with your life. Yes. There's nothing that feels better than that. Absolutely. And here we are three years later and yeah. I still feel that way. Like <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I've had a few bad days, but you know, I've always told myself that the worst day in coffee is still much better than the best day <laughs> I ever yeah. had before. Not yeah. doing what, was, what I'm doing today. Being connected and passionate. I've, I've been wanting to ask you this. Um, when did you go? You went to Brazil this summer. Mm-hmm. When was that? We went to Brazil in July. So okay. we go every year for the harvest season. And we work at the farm with my family. Yeah. 
So I've been wanting to ask you since July then. Okay. When you came back this summer in particular, you, uh, you had a, to me, you had a really different energy about you. Was there anything that happened while you were down there that you felt really passionate or connected to? Because I've, I've felt like you've had this really significant shift um, energetically. For better? <laughs> for worse? <laughs> for, for better. No, I mean... Just, to shift. Just, just to shift, okay. right? Energy, gotcha. energy can, be, can go in all different directions. Mm-hmm. I just felt like you came back with a, with a really different aura. Um, and, and I wanted to know if you felt like there was anything that was, that was really different from that trip. Well, so this was the first year when we were able to go. So, so again, just for the purpose of, you know, putting the chronology yeah. in place. Yeah. So, so I ultimately left my job in June of last year yep. of 2016, left yep. my job, went to Brazil to spend four weeks at the farm, but I had just left. So yep. I hadn't fully divested everything, divested yeah. everything. So last year when we went, it was great, but, uh, but still felt rushed and like we didn't have enough time mm. to really, you know, be there mm. with the coffee. This year was different in the sense that I spent six weeks in Brazil and, uh, you know, I, I always go to see family I also, I, as well as work. Yeah. But I I felt like this was the first year that we we did everything in the process from the okay. trees, you know, being yeah. harvested, then the chairs being processed all the way to our coffees going to the bags and yeah. leaving the farm. So we washed the process this year we're calling tree to truck. <laughs> yeah. We saw that take place and yeah. it was very special, you know, because yeah. You know, before we're always rushed to get back to our lives, to our jobs, to, you know, uh, necessities of the business year, which was still in its early stages, right? So this year we felt we could truly uh, separate ourselves temporarily from this side of the business and go focus on the other side of the business, which was, you know, it's just as important to us. So yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> I hope that was it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. It makes it makes a ton of sense, right? It's like the first time when you're actually able to 100% commit mm-hmm. to to what you're doing. Because backstory briefly, um, you for a while in, in the same way that I did for four years, had two two jobs, right? So you had you you maintained your corporate job. And mm-hmm. you, you also had your, your, your passion mm-hmm. that you share with the world. And, and that you hope you'll be able to do full time that you one day. That you'd like to be able to do full time. You're not yeah. quite <laughs> And it's, it's the, that financial tie, that financial anchor, really, that, mm-hmm. that keeps you attached to that, to that, old, that old thing. And, and the reality is starting a business... It's not just about passion. It's also really expensive. Absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> there's, exactly. some, there's some there's some financial requirements mm-hmm. to, to starting a business, but but once you have once your your hooks are in passion, like once you've once you've wrapped your arms around a thing that you're passionate about, there's really no hope for that other side. It's it's literally an anchor that you're yeah. just dragging along. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. So yeah. you finally you cut that free, and then. 
it's just like sore. You, you're sore. <laughs> yeah, life just all of a sudden becomes so so different. Yeah. Um. So so this is the first year of you. It was last June. June. Yeah. So it has been a year and three Maybe. months. And since I've been fully. Since you've been fully fully divested. What what do you feel like? If is there anything that feels like it's the the biggest difference since that time? Maybe it's just the fact that you're just committed. Yeah, so it's the 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 full commitment and and knowing that you are in perfect alignment yeah. with what you want to be or you know what you set out to do in yeah. your life. It's that that unison of you know reality and essence, and so it's it's being able to find that communion of those you yeah. know what i want to do and what i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's no nothing else i'd rather be doing even yeah. if i work a lot more yeah even yeah. if you know passion comes with its own set of challenges right and Whether it comes with its own or, set of challenges <laughs> yeah exactly i mean nothing comes easily in yeah. in passion ownership yeah, sure. <laughs> i'm not gonna say business ownership yeah. in passion ownership yeah but there's just nowhere else I'd rather be yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, our life is a lot different than yeah. you should be. You know, perhaps you don't take the exotic vacation yep. <laughs> <laughs> once a year like yep. we did before. Perhaps, you know, our vacations now look more like we go to for a hiking trip. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you start to you look know. at the prices at the grocery store. Like life, yeah. life gets really different when you're when you're just when it. When relying you're on relying on on your little yeah. passion exactly. like you have to find enough people to connect to that passion absolutely for for it to be a sustainable thing and it's a True. it's a really hard challenge because you need the more people that connect to your passion the more you can share your passion and the more the better your passion the, the better your expression of the passion can be but there's a there's some point where there's a critical mass where you have to get to that point where it's actually sustainable so that you can start to just show it off so you can start to just share something something that you know is so great with people and allow them to connect to it and get a like a piece because the reality yes. is when someone comes in and they get a cup of coffee from Peixoto, right? They're getting a piece of, of your, your family heritage. They're getting a piece yes. of your like essence and passion and they're taking that with them. And it's different than when you go and you get a cup of coffee at Joe's Coffee Shack, right? Like, I hope so. I mean, that's what we... You know, no, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you. <laughs> It is though. I mean, there's there's a there's a there's there's the there's the friendliness of of the staff when you walk in. There's there's just friendly faces that you recognize that are always there. There's a different cultural center, and I think to back that up, right? I don't think anyone talks about this or gives gives you and Jeff enough credit for this, but your your concept changed the entire downtown Chandler, right? That I Nobody wants to, to admit that. Everybody wants to pretend like downtown Chandler was going to become its own thing. It became its own thing because of what you guys did. And that like, that like leadership position is something that has always been really inspiring to me. And I wonder if you've always had that like leadership quality to you or if this is like your first opportunity to really like 
here we are. We're really community leaders. Yeah, so I didn't know I had that in me. <laughs> I had to go, yeah. you know, digging inside myself to bring that out because, you know, when you have your passion and the line and you have, you know, created something, but then I can't fail at it, right? I right. know I'm living my dreams. So once you put it out to the world and and again, it's that, about the perfect alignment, right? Of being in perfect alignment with who you are as yeah. a person and your essence. And once you put that out to the world, there's just no feeling. So I had to go find in me things that I didn't know I had, right? Because, yeah. you know, every time I hear something about my business or, you know, I see people talking about my business, I can't, I can't afford to to fail in that perception, in that, you know, in my ability to carry with a cup of coffee, the story, the yeah. legacy, that's what I chose to do. So yeah. I see it as my job to make sure that every cup that goes out, every customer interaction that goes out, it's done in alignment with the vision yeah. and the soul and the purpose that is behind the business. So if I see anything that is, you know, that is misaligned with that or that it's not, you know, quite yep. to the level that I think it should be, then I feel like it's it's upon me. It's my name on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so yeah. I had to do something about it. So I had to to, you know, really find my style in leadership. I had never run a business. I had never managed as many people and you know, had this many people who depend on me, right, for a living. So it's a big feat to to yeah. undertake. It's not something that I take lightly. It's these people's lives that depend on mine, whether they're my employees or my customers, yeah. and they're drinking my coffee yeah. to get their day sure. started, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I take a lot. I take that. I don't take that lightly. And, um, you know, in leadership, I feel that, again, I keep going back to my passion or my intuition it's what feels right mm -hmm. i don't know you know I, I i don't read a lot of books about leadership i don't dive into a lot of podcasts and i just don't have the time now yep. and when i do i'm <laughs> you're on a podcast so uh so I just follow my intuition on what I think is right and wh mm. whether I'm hiring people, yeah. I try to look for passion, the souls of the minds, of the purpose, yeah. as opposed to follow, playing by the rules or you know following a formula mm. for leadership. I tend to be a, more of a hard leader than I am a, what do you call it, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> I mean, the worst leader that we've probably all encountered in corporate world is that is that positional leader, right? The someone who only has leadership over us because they have authority over the us, title, yeah. and the and the and they utilize that fear leadership. Um, and I know without without ever without ever working for you, I, there's the people that work that work with you for you are are connected to you in this really special way, and it's. Um, it's really, really inspiring to, to see that connection. And I think you, you made this comment about, about delivering soul, right? In each, in each kind of transaction in mm -hmm. each, in each cup. Um, and that, 
that idea is really what makes what makes small business special is there's really an opportunity to deliver that the true soul in each experience. Absolutely. And it could theoretically happen in a big box if you had a really special individual. Mm-hmm. But it can't happen it just can't happen. There's no way you can, tr- there's just not enough soul mass to mass produce. Yeah. So you, you've, f- you've found this way and you've really expressed this, this, this transactional, this transactional inner exchange of, of energy of like yes. soul energy. I love it. <laughs> and that is, it's so it's, it's the essence of small business, right? And you can see there's a there's a point when when um, there's a point that can happen in small businesses. If you look at if you look at older small businesses when they've lost that passion, and um, it it be, it's become just a corporate thing for them. It's become a job to them. It's just and that's I hope something that never happens to to either of us because you you can get a job anywhere. Yes. But to really be able to share passion and 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 exchange exchange soul energy. Yes, and it, that's exactly what happens here in Vitality as well, and that's why, you know, people co- keep coming back to it. It's there's a, that exchange of energy. There's in the an world. exchange of energy, and mm-hmm. it, and it, it really it, it requires in a way this like this intimacy, this mm-hmm. this this smallness because smallness, there's yes. just there's not enough of that. The cup will empty eventually. Yeah. And once once too much um, financial energy, right? If you if the focus becomes purely financial, then a lot of that passion is is sapped. Like somehow currency seems to have the ability to sap passion. Mm-hmm. Because probably when you got started in your corporate career, you, I, I know I was, I was really passionate about that. Yes. And the more successful I got, the less passionate I got about it, which mm-hmm. is very, very interesting. Yeah, I think there's a pressure in the world for people to be, to measure success, right? In terms of your paycheck, your, you know, your title, your acquisitions, yeah. your, you know, your belongings and yeah. not enough... Um, metrics out there yeah. for measuring purpose soul. passion yeah. soul yeah it's too bad we can't just have like a little soul bank account exactly meter. your soul barometer right yeah. that goes ding 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 because yeah. <laughs> that would be just phenomenal yes let's work on that Patrick <laughs> We will, we will have project. solved so many of the world's problems if we could figure that one out. Sounds good to me. It does, it does sound great. But yeah, so that exchange of energy and, the, you know, I attribute to that, you know, a lot of the people that have come our way. So, so Peixoto really enabled me to live my purpose, my passion. It yeah. has been enabling, but also to connect with kindred spirits yeah. out there like you patrick and erica and the whole vibe tribe yeah. and you know everyone that comes through my door i just feel like they are in my house they are in my family yes. and uh, yes. and it's that kind of connection that i want to build with our business so you're right at this point it's almost like it's harder to stay small and stay at that level than to grow yep. because you know for and perhaps I'm not such a smart business owner because every business owner wants to grow, right? Yeah. They want to 
to expand and what's next. Let's mm-hmm. open another shop. But for us, it's about maintaining the level of connection mm-hmm. that we have, whether yeah. it's with our employees, whether it's with our customers. Yeah. So, so that's the challenge for for businesses, like soulful businesses like Vibitality and yeah. Peugeot is how do you stay small and how do you grow but stay true to your to your values. It, I, I can't remember whose whose concept this is, but it's GWC. It's get it, want it, capacity to do it. So in order to in order to evaluate opportunities, the, the, these are the criteria that we've started to use. Like, do we do we get it, which is just understand the opportunity, and that one's generally pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Want it, which is do we actually want to take on? Because when you have a when you have an amazing business like Peixoto, right, you're going to be presented with opportunities all the time, and the reality mm-hmm. is you can't possibly take on all the opportunity that's going to come your way, which is one of the reasons I'm so grateful that you're willing to come on here. Um, Because I know you're busy, but you're going to have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And for, and and do you really want it? Is it is it you're something you're going to do because it's there? Or is this something that right. is really like in line with yes. everything we're talking about? Yes. Your passion and your yeah. vision. And then finally, do we have the capacity to do it? Because if all three of those aren't yes, it doesn't even, it's not even worthwhile having the conversation. Yeah. It's just, okay, well, that was a no. So it doesn't matter. We can't move on. And I think that, you know, the way, the the second one, the way I put it is, am I seeking that? Are we seeking Jeff and I? Or is this seeking us? Yes. Right? So very important that it's initiating from a place of, you know, of, of, of um, alignment. Yes. With. The vision with the initial purpose right. for your business and not externally. Right. So it's one right. of my ways to gauge whether opportunities are right for us or not. And I have to say, I want to give tremendous credit to Jeff, my yeah. husband, because he's really my... You know, my I'm the yin and he's the yang. You, it's like the alignment of the relationship, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, it's, and you can see that when you when you when you really watch you guys interact. And I see that with you guys sure. as well because yeah. we're different yep. humans, right? Yeah. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures, and different mindset yep. for doing things. So it really takes a partnership of yeah. purpose and of vision and of soul to put out something that is complete this to the world. So it's super interesting. We've talked so much about, and we've said alignment probably 50 to 100 times. <laughs> I know, I keep going back to alignment. So. And it's, I mean, it's interesting, right? This is this is a yoga studio where, where our whole focus is the, the alignment of the body, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and aligning the body with the mind and, and it's a really, it's really interesting that we've we've talked none about yoga, but we've talked about alignment the entire time. <laughs> yes. um, Could translate concepts <laughs> back and forth. It's not a problem. It's super, it's super interesting. Do you, do you personally, or or does does the business of Peixoto have a set of of core values that that really become that anchoring alignment? Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that something that's part of the culture, or is it just? I know, I'm so strongly tied to my own personal like compass that I don't need any parameters set around me. 
Well, so when we started, we didn't have, you know, a set of, of, uh, of, of, of values, values, principles yeah. that we're putting out to our yeah. employees or the world. We, I knew in my core, Jeff knew in his core, and yep. we, you know, we had a very uh, detailed business plan that, of course, included our values, yep. right? Uh, and then we're trying to get people in to understand yeah. the values sometimes yeah. even before we have a business right so yeah. that's that's a tough sell yeah, right sure. there right yeah. selling a business that doesn't exist yeah. yet whether you know it's true it's to uh, raise the funds that you need to start your business whether it's to secure the employees yeah. that you need to have on board and to run your show whatever it is you're trying to sell this vision and these principles through people who can't see and yeah. feel, you know, they can't drink your coffee quite well, yet. <laughs> one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur really is yeah. to, cause, cause the idea in your mind is so crystallized, mm-hmm. but to like translate that idea that's crystallized in your mind to someone else is mission impossible. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I think that, you know, initially it was all the passion and all the, yeah. the heart that we're putting out and we're telling your story and people love their story and they yeah. wanted to be a part of it um you know we feel very blessed because a lot of people believed in us i, I tell them you know there's some of them are still with us but they believed in us before you know a lot of other people believed yeah. in what we had to share so you know kudos to those people for, for sure. seeing the vision <laughs> yeah. those people who saw the vision with us or are uh, found the alignment, you know, yeah. the meeting of the yeah. of the purpose um, from the early days. So we're very grateful for for the support we have received. But yeah, yeah it's all about finding that alignment. Whether you're dealing with people, or dealing, you know, with money, or dealing with purpose, yeah. it's finding the alignment or yoga. Yeah, <laughs> <for> that matter. <laughs> How did you find yoga? Well, so yoga has been a part of my life for a long time. Okay. I started doing yoga when I was 18 years old. And just as a parenthesis here, I'm 38. So <laughs> <laughs> you run the math. I haven't been doing yoga continuously for yeah. 20 years, but off and on, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've always had, you know, a, a curiosity yeah. for for yoga, mainly for, you know, the spiritual side of things yeah. and the you know, the energy side of things, of course, you know, the physical side doesn't hurt as well. Yeah. We all need to have a fitness practice, right? Yeah. And, and find something that works well with, you know, the lifestyle that we have. So yoga was that for me. I came across yoga when I was 18 and then, you know, we go college, you stop doing that and you do a, a whole lot of other things yeah. that you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe party. <laughs> and then eventually I kept finding myself going back to yoga from time to time when I was seeking peace, centeredness, alignment. And um, and uh, when I came to the U.S., I tried different places for yoga. And I still remember the day you and Erica walked into my shop for the first time. And uh, uh, I had been practicing yoga somewhere else and you know yoga for me is more for you know that's that it's the grounding space yeah that's what i seek and i found in vitality something that i hadn't experienced before mm. where you know i not only get you know i get the sweat <laughs> yeah i get the toned muscles 
but I get that deep connection with who I am. I can't tell you how many epiphanies and revelations I've had in this space. That's awesome. <laughs> this space where yeah. I sit today and, you know, where yeah. I practice yoga um, on a weekly basis, I've had, you know, business ideas <laughs> pop in my head. I've had, you know, these aha moments that yeah. come to me when I'm on the mat. So I feel like yoga is really that. It's yeah. the, it's it's encountering yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, you know, the primary goal is not external. It's not physical. Yeah, of course, for you, sure. you you get you gain benefits from that as well. But it's it's more the you know the stillness inside yeah. that you achieve that opens the doors for so many other things in life. I've been able to achieve with yoga. It's really it's one of the one of the more interesting things I think is that how many external epiphanies can happen when you start to go further inside, mm-hmm. right? It's when, if we're constantly seeking these external epiphanies, they're almost impossible to find. Mm-hmm. But once you stop and you just send your focus inside and you start to really let everything else go and really just try to align yourself on your mat, magic can really magic happen. happens, yes. This, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's. I mean, there's something to be said for just you know you can practice yoga at home, at home yeah. and you can find the peace, you can find the stillness, and then there's uh, something to be said for practicing yoga with with your child. Yes, and that's very powerful. And this is where you know vitality comes in. It's it's this whole, you know. Yeah. Uh, tribe it is a tribe of human beings that come yeah comes together here under this roof of vitality that allows you know just magic pure magic to happen it's you know people like heather puts her heart and purpose into what she does that brings out the best in nature and every one of us it's it's a really interesting point that i think is too often um glossed over is that the, the, the sharing of energy that happens in the space, that's really what makes yoga, the, the practice at a studio special mm-hmm. is how, you, how your energy kind of vibes with, with the others and how everyone ends up sharing a little bit of, of their soul um, in, in, each, in each practice. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing really. And beautiful. I feel like yoga, it's a, it's a humbling practice right sure. I mean, and there's no shoes there's no you know yeah. there's no flashy yeah. anything yeah. it's there's no mirrors it's just yeah you and yourself and the energy in the room that yeah it boils down to that so it's yeah. it's it's a beautiful practice i cannot live without it anymore yeah <laughs> my yoga my coffee <laughs> yoga coffee and life is good yeah life is good <laughs> you you figured it out right if you can just those two things, if you could wake up, practice some <laughs> yoga, drink a little bit of coffee, take a walk in nature, that's like a retreat right there. Yeah. That's life. Take over the world. Take right? over the world. <laughs> is there anything, as we, as we kind of start to wrap up, is there anything that you wish people knew about Peixoto that you, that you don't feel like people know? I know you guys are pretty open about everything. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we tell our story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But it's it's I think that the piece that 
that is is overlooked like you said with yoga uh you know being the the mind connection yeah. with peixoto is is the 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 depth mm-hmm. of the commitment yeah. right yeah. and of the alignment yeah. of our purpose of our lives of mm-hmm. our soul uh that goes into peixoto coffee mm-hmm. people come and they can have a great experience and and uh, without knowing, you know, how much of us right. goes into that cup of coffee. But, it, but to me, it's, you know, where the legend comes in is mm-hmm. in that, in the sharing of my essence, yeah. of my family's essence, of my, you know, my husband's essence that goes into every cup of coffee that we put out. So, yeah. you know, it's okay. Like, we don't want to be talking about that all the time, but it's... Yeah. I hope that, you know, one way or another, that it's there. It, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's part of the experience. It so. is part. I really feel like you, you can, you get that part of the experience. And I, I think the the depth is the perfect word, right? Because the reality is most, most coffee, most coffee places, what are, well, there are um, there are incredibly few coffee places that are going crop to cup, right? Like the the specialness of that concept itself is so so incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. The the family the familial component of that adds this additional layer. The the depth of from the seed of the coffee plant. Mm-hmm to the lips of the consumer is all this like stages of love and passion and that just doesn't happen yeah and we feel so incredibly blessed to be the ones yeah you know to carry that yeah and to be putting that out into the world you know for the longest time i didn't see how special that was Right. Until I saw, and there was no yeah. more unseeing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's here, and it's part of our lives. And you know, like I have nothing but gratitude for, yeah, having gotten to this point where I can see how special that is. And uh, yeah, and yes, I mean the the whole process of, of of farming coffee, and perhaps we can do a <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean the next podcast to talk about that, but you know, there's so much that goes on behind. Yeah the scenes there's so much hard work and so much you know of my family's yeah heart yeah and legacy that goes on towards producing one little coffee bean yeah. that you know it's incredible to see to it's see that really happening incredible. you know in within our lifetime so yeah i'm i'm just I have to pinch myself just to yeah. make sure this is truly happening. <laughs> as as um as a coffee consumer, right? Like I feel like it's really overlooked how lucky the the people of Chandler are. Right? Like what are the chances <laughs> that that Chandler, Arizona ended up being the end process <laughs> of, of this like truly historical, I mean, we look at, right? Like we're carrying on this, this Portuguese, this Portuguese tradition <laughs> through Brazilian coffee to, to Chandler. Yeah. 
That's it's really <laughs> it's, it's strange. <laughs> it's a but, uh, lucky. Yeah, <laughs> like so, we live here, we get to experience that. Yeah. So thank but you. Never in my wildest dreams I thought I would be where I am today. And yeah. if you ask Jeff, my husband, he'd tell you the same. Yeah. He didn't see. Yeah. You know these coming and yeah. and yeah, I think you know it was it was something that all the events in our lives. Mm-hmm. conditioned us mm-hmm. to be where we are because we talk about this you know we live in Chandler we live just a block from right. Peixoto and a couple blocks from, from Vibitality right. had we not chosen to live in Chandler yeah. had we bought a house in you know in, yep. in uh, Peoria yep. we wouldn't be here yep. <laughs> we would be somewhere else or yep. had we bought a house you know in Mesa, we wouldn't be in downtown Chandler. We yep. chose Chandler because Chandler is our community. So in a way, you know, the way it all came together was I'm connecting this community yeah. where I came from and where our, our coffee comes from with the community where we live. Yeah. And that's our yeah. story. It's a, I, when you look, like, every one of those steps, right, like, at some point, you and Jeff had to meet. And if you guys had chosen just slightly different paths, then we never have this, yeah. this like amazing thing. And if there's just, if you decided never, like if every single step had to happen exactly as it happened exactly. in order for this to happen. Yeah. And that, that, that thought is just, they're just amazing to, to retroactively look back at all the decisions that had to happen exactly as they did to make something like Pei Shoto become a reality. It's that those little decisions, right? Yes. That, I don't know if you play golf. I don't, but I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this analogy where, you know, like one yeah. slight shift in yeah. angle, you change the course of the ball. It's right. the same thing with life. Like yep. one slight change to a small decision yep. somewhere along the way could have the, changed the course of yeah. this entire legacy yeah so it's amazing it's incredible um two two last questions for you one one is is going to be i think we we might already know this but when you were 16 did you have a visualization of what julia of 38 would be um perhaps i did and it was it was nothing like where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At 16, I didn't know I was going to leave Brazil. Okay. You know, yeah. I never, I wanted, I've always had the curiosity for foreign countries. You okay. know, I, I told my family I wanted to go study abroad. And they, you know, my parents told me not until you finish your studies here first, you know, so... So I had to do that in order to study abroad like I wanted. But even when I came to the U.S., I thought I was coming for a few years and that I would go back okay. to Brazil yeah. and use whatever I learned here right. to, you know, to to my community. Yeah. Now in Brazil, never, never saw myself living in the U.S., okay. you know, yeah. 15 years later. Yeah. So, so no. <laughs> okay. I think I had other ideas <laughs> back then. Yeah, it's I I feel like it's it's um incredibly rare for a 16-year-old to to 
fulfill that 16-year-old destiny. But at the same time, those 16-year-old thoughts and decisions impact the future, the future destiny. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always curious as to how kind of that, that younger brain, where it wanted to go and then where it ended up, which it ended up just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, back then I definitely did not want to be involved in farming. You right. know, farming was stealing me away from yeah. all the other things <laughs> yeah. that I wanted to be doing. The exciting so, things. But, in, but even that, I mean, there's beauty in that, mm-hmm. right? Because I rejected, because, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of pushed me away for so long. It's the only way you can see how special it is. It brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Because had I... Uh, had I gone in at that point, perhaps I wouldn't be yeah. in coffee any yeah. longer, for sh- right? For, for these sure. years. Yeah. So, so even that, I, f- I, I feel like we need to trust that, yeah. you know, those decisions yeah. are okay, even when we don't know the end result yeah. or, or where you're being led to. Yeah, the tr- we never know. It's trusting the process. <laughs> we trust the process, yeah. Yeah. Last question for you. Okay. Do you have anything you want to ask me? <laughs> uh, gosh, so many questions <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> well, how do you feel now that you are fully yeah. vibing yeah. with the Vibe Tribe? So I, that you're uh, living your legend. I, I am, yeah. So I've followed in Julia's footsteps and got rid of, <laughs> got rid of my corporate world. Um, and yeah, it's scary and it's freeing. I, I wake up every day and I know it's the right thing. Um, you know, financially, there's some struggles, and that's fine. I get to I get to express my passion every day, and that is magic. So it's perfect. I feel yeah. I feel perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've been honored to share the journey with you and watch yeah. you. As you went through your own journey, so yeah. nice way you to... You were the first person I told. Yeah, I America. remember, in the parking <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> and we high-fived. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and now here we are, and living our dreams. So yeah. There's no other way to live life. There's really. no other way to live life. Wholeheartedly. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Julia, thank you so much for becoming on, coming on Becoming Legendary. This is beautiful. This was one of my favorite experiences since I, I started that. Official to Coffee. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. For making this available. Yeah. And that is the episode with Julia from Peixoto Coffee. All I can really think to say about this episode is that small businesses really, truly matter. And the passion surrounding small business and the ideas that create small business are really what the fabric of our communities are made of. All of our lives become better because of people like Julia and Jeff at Peixoto Coffee. And these small businesses provide us all with a really unique opportunity to not just exchange monetary value for a good or service, but to really participate in an energy currency economy that helps build and strengthen our communities in ways that places like Starbucks will just never be able to replicate. Thank you for becoming legendary with us. That is the show for this week. We'll talk to you again in two weeks.